With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin Sports Betting Network. All right, America, time to stop doubting the Miami Heat. They find a way, rally to steal game oh. two on the road. Um, can their in state NHL brethren, by the way, do the same tonight with the Florida Panthers taking on the Golden Knights? Plus, the NFL offseason ripe with headlines. We're going to separate what impacts us as betters and what's just noise, all that and more as we welcome you in to the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM on a Monday. You heard the the sigh there with the Miami Heat getting it done from our guy Michael Lombardi out east. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, and let's just dive right into it. Miami gets a 111 yeah. 108 win. What were your immediate takeaways from the game? Well, happy Monday, Stormy. It's good to see you. Uh, my immediate takeaway was that was the game I thought that was be played in game one. Let Jokic have his way, limit Murray to 18 points, kind of match the intensity, get the lead early in the game, and then, you know, win the fourth quarter. And it happened in game two instead of game one. Look, uh, I mean, Miami's the first team, first number eight seed to ever win a, a, a conference final, uh, a championship to game. I mean, that's 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 a mouthful in itself, but – I think their resolve, their resilience, their ability to continue to fight and play is somewhat remarkable. And when if you don't match their energy level and you listen to Malone, we're going to have a clip from him coming up later. If you don't match their energy level and you just think you're going to coast by, you're thinking wrong. And, you know, they got play out of your guy, Duncan Robinson, my man Struess. He couldn't make one more to give me that five that I was hoping he would get, but they all do their part. They know their roles so well. So I, I don't know why we continue to doubt them. The other thought I had, and I hate to be long-winded here, Stormy, but I think all these analytical people miss the biggest component of winning championships, and that's team and mental toughness. And you can't measure that in any analytical spreadsheet. Yes, but and with the Miami Heat, this goes back to – round one and every step of the way that it's taken them to get here, they have the intangibles and things that aren't quantifiable when it comes to an analytics or stat sheet. And it's one of those things you just said it like we need to stop doubting this Miami heat team because all they continue to do is prove us that they are capable and they have that next level. I loved the quote from Jimmy Butler post game when he was asked about what something along the lines of like, what's been a separating factor 
for this team. And he said, that's just how it's been all year long. It's the, pardon my language, I don't give a damn factor. And they always kind of come in with that no matter what anybody's saying about us, no matter how big of a favorite somebody else is, we're never counting ourselves out. And we saw that especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were down by as many as 15 in this game trailed by eight going into the fourth quarter, and then they just never went away, end up outscoring the Denver Nuggets 36-25 to in the fourth. It's the seventh double-digit comeback for the Heat this postseason. They've trailed by eight or more um, multiple times, and now that's, yeah, four wins this postseason, straight up. When trailing by eight or more points entering the fourth, that's the most in a single postseason in NBA history. The rest of the NBA combined, Michael, one in 41 in that scenario. Yeah, and they relish it. I mean, uh, Spolster will tell you, look, they, this team loves to compete. They love to get in the fourth quarter. They love to win that. And, you know, and, and you know, it took a, a Herculean effort to shoot. You know, they shot almost 50% from the three-point line. They shot almost 50% from the two-point line. They went to the free-throw line 20 times. I mean, look, they did exactly what they set out to do, and they didn't get deterred. They built the lead in the first quarter. I was disappointed. I thought they would cover that first-half spread. I really did. Uh, But they couldn't get stops when they needed it. But they start out the third quarter an 11-2 run. Yep. And, you know, they just they just have this ability to to just love the competition. And they don't look at the scoreboard. They just keep fighting their way through. And, you know, guys come in and make plays and do it. They're so much fun to watch. They're they're truly a team. Can they do it three more times? I don't know. I hope they, you know, for your sake, I know you have the ticket to only do it one more time. But yep. they're they're not. If you don't play to your level of, of standard, you're not going to beat them. Yeah, and I mean, to your point about the quick start, though, for Miami, they didn't end up covering the four and a half in the first half that we discussed, but a lot of the thought process with our pro tip late in the show yesterday was believing that the Heat were going to come out with a different energy and aggressiveness, a little bit more comfortable in the elevation, and they did end up cashing that first to 10 plus 135, the first to 20 plus 155, the first quarter. So that that early thought process that we had was certainly true. Uh, as far as the, the way that the results came from a betting standpoint last night, Miami did end up taking money. They went down from getting eight and a half to seven and a half. This is their 10th straight up win as an underdog this postseason. The total also saw money. Some places closing as high as 217, Michael. And shout out JVT for leading us on to the over. I know you felt that that was a lean as yep. well. No matter what the number is, it gets there. But we talk so much about effort for the Miami Heat. Let's talk about that that quote from Michael Malone that you brought up in a moment ago and play the clip. He was not pleased with Denver's effort. Now let's talk about effort. I mean, this is the NBA Finals, and we're talking about effort. That's a huge concern of mine. You know, and you guys probably thought I was just making up some storyline after game one when I said we didn't play well. We didn't play well. And tonight, you know, that the starting lineup to start the game is 10 to 2 Miami. Start the third quarter. They scored 11 points in two minutes and 10 seconds. Um, and we just got, you know, we had guys out there that were just, whether feeling sorry for themselves for not making shots or thinking they can just turn it on or off. Um, this is not the preseason. This is not the regular season. It's not round. This is the NBA finals. And that to me is really, really perplexing, disappointing. And I asked the team, I asked our player, you guys tell me why we lost. And they knew the answer. Miami came in here and outworked us. How much of that, Michael, do you think was directed at Michael Porter Jr. specifically the way he played? 
I think it was directed at his whole team. I mean, Murray scores 18 points. Gordon wasn't the same. They didn't get the loose balls. I, I think that conversation we just listened to is so important to the betters. So important to us as a betting network because what Malone was saying honestly was, yes, we won, but understand why we won. And later in that conversation, he talks about they had 16 wide open threes. They just didn't make them. We did not play well. And I try to tell our team we play well, but there's the perception because you get the W up on the scoreboard that you play well. Not all W's mean you play well. Not all W's are the same. And it's hard for a coach to, to get his team to refocus when they don't play well and they win. And Malone struggled with that. And, it's, and it took this game to kind of maybe refocus them. So now as betters, we know Denver's going to have a, a further the sense of, really, they're going to play at a higher level down in Miami. Can they? We'll see. But that's the challenge. And I think that's why we have to remove perception. You know, it happens all the time. The Colts are a bad team. Well, if you really study the Colts season before Saturday in the park got there, they were in a lot of games. They just couldn't close it. They couldn't win them. They beat Kansas. There's reasons. If you figure those reasons out, you're better off as opposed to what the narrative is. When you look to game three coming up later on this week, the Nuggets in Miami, a two and a half point favorite total 215 and a half. How much of what Miami did do you think is going to be replicable here? Because we talked about you said it right off the top. This was more of the game against Jokic that we anticipated the Miami Heat to play, like force Jokic to be a scorer and take away his ability to facilitate. Only had four assists in this game despite 41 points. The, the Denver Nuggets are 0-3 when Jokic puts up 40 or more points in this postseason, which is crazy to think, but that's the way you just have to – you shut down Jamal Murray, you shut down some of these other role players, um, and Jokic is going to cook no matter what, but force these other guys to have to beat you as well. Can the Heat do that again, game one at home? I think it's hard to say they can because can they shoot 48, almost 50% from three-point line again? You know, can they do that? I, I, I don't know if they can. And I think, to me, their plan was really good in the sense that Jamal Murray ended up having 10 assists and Jokic only had four. Jokic took 28 shots last night. He only took 12 in game one. So, you know, there was a definite game plan to shift him to become the scorer. And, you know, look, every game that Miami is going to win, it's going to take an unusual circumstance because they are devoid of – Denver's the more talented team. But it's going to take Caleb Martin to shoot mm-hmm. ridiculously well. It's going to take, I thought, you know, uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry played as well as I've seen him play. I mean, he was plus 15 for the game. Mm-hmm. And he still had two turnovers, but he made some critical plays. He got the offense going. That pick and roll between Bam and Duncan Robinson, you know, Denver didn't have an answer for it. Yeah, Duncan Robinson really came alive in the fourth quarter. Struess, you thought that he would, would would play better. He ends up starting the game three from three from three after going 0 for 9 uh, the previous game. Bam, you said, was good. Gabe Vincent was good. Kevin Love, the, his addition, only six points, but plus 18 on the floor, 10 rebounds. You could tell the size bringing love in there made a difference. Jimmy Butler being on Jamal Murray made a difference. Oh, by the way, I I don't think that we have enough time for it here in the segment. So maybe we can bring it up a little bit later, but Spo was not feeling our thought process about shutting down Jokic. He was, he was (laughs) not having it when he was asked about it in the post game presser. I heard. Yeah, I know. He, he shut off Ramon Shelburne. Like, like, no, we're not talking about that. You know, (laughs) 
We're not talking about that. He wanted to talk about the effort. He wanted to talk about the competitiveness and, you know, and, and getting in between the lines and working your tail off to get the win. And they did. Now they go back to Miami. And the one thing we know about the Heat, that they don't ever have a sense of comfort. You know, look, here they are. They just won a game in Denver. Denver hadn't lost a playoff game at home. And, you know, and now they're back to being the underdog, two and a half points. And I actually think that line will go to three. I don't think it'll go to two or one and a half. Yeah, people think taking the zigzag theory into account. The Nuggets also, by the way, back down a little bit in the series price, minus 275. Heat available at plus 225. We will get a little bit more from behind the counter with regards to this game when Thomas Gable joins us in about 20 or so minutes, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata. But for now, we're going to go back to the NFL as we open up the next segment. Starting quarterbacks in the NFL are always making headlines. But what's clickbait and what's actually impactful? We'll break that down in news or noise coming up on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. You can download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. Open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And the, the big news coming out this morning, back to the Buffalo Bills. We were talking yesterday about Ed Oliver, and now today Leonard Floyd comes over from L.A. with a one-year deal to the Buffalo Bills. So definitely trying to stock up on defense and, and add to the pass rush, knowing how many good quarterbacks there are in the AFC, Michael. Yeah, and I think it's a great signing for them. You know, he had nine sacks last year. He had the most quarterback hits in his career, Leonard Floyd, with 22. And he was playing on a Ram team that never played with the lead. So those are really good numbers, and I think it'll complement uh, it'll complement Von Miller because mm-hmm. they need someone on the other side. They've not been able to get that. You know, when they lost Miller, who had eight sacks last year, uh, when he went out with the ACL, it, it really impacted their ability to rush the passer. And if you're going to be a team that believes in – getting the lead, playing from in front. You have to have those pass rushers to really create turnovers. And that's Buffalo's – that's something Buffalo must do. So I, I really like the Leonard Floyd side. I think this is this was more important than signing Hopkins because I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be their inside slot receiver. Hopkins would have been great, but using the money on Floyd I think makes him a better team. And how much, too, I know both he and Von Miller are, are a little bit older, but both still very talented at the position. Like, does that going to open up opportunities for one any more than the other in your mind? Well, I think, you know, in pass rushing, you have to have ends that complement one another. You know, if your right end's like Nick Bosa, who can get up the field and pressure inside out, your left end has to be able to pressure outside in. And so, you know, I think to me that that compliment between Floyd and 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 uh, Von Miller works really well. 
and and their ability to rush creates turnovers. You know, everybody gets caught up on sacks, Stormy, and sacks are a great statistical number. But sacks don't result in turnovers typically unless your quarterback fumbles quite a bit. Sacks are the plays over, we go on to the next play. Hurries forces the quarterback to throw the ball early. It forces the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands when the receiver's not ready, when the DB can break on it. And that creates interceptions. And that's what Buffalo needs to be able to do because when they go into halftime with a 10-point lead in that third quarter and they get a pressure and the ball comes out, all of a sudden that 10-point lead becomes 17 points. Mm -hmm. Gives your offense a lot more comfortability as well. Um, But, yeah, a great signing, I think, for the Buffalo Bills um, in a busy week, it seems, for them on defense in terms of news because Von Miller, of course, also eyeing that week one return from the ACL injury last year. Floyd, by the way, when we talk about all these players dealing with injury issues, played all 17 games a season ago. Now, now to pay off the tease, um, we talk in the NFL offseason about all these different storylines. I feel like quarterbacks are always the talk of the town, whether it actually means anything or not. So let's separate the news or noise with some of these big headlines coming through right now. Starting with the, the Philadelphia Uh-oh. Eagles here. Because while we all did know the Eagles were interested in acquiring Russell Wilson as he was leaving the Seattle Seahawks um, last offseason, some new information came out over the weekend from Sports Illustrated Greg Bishop during an interview who made it clear the deal was pretty darn close to the finish line. But Russell Wilson said absolutely not and was not willing to move on his no trade clause. Uh, news or noise getting this getting this information? Well, I I think it's noise. Uh, It it really isn't relevant now. It really has nothing to do with it. Here's what I will say about it. Philly regrets not drafting Russell Wilson. Philly liked Russell Wilson. Uh, I think they felt like they they didn't need Russell Wilson when he came out, you know, and so they didn't want to create any problems with their quarterback room. So they have always liked Russell Wilson. And I think if you go back in time to when this conversation was being held, nobody was certain that Jalen Hurts was going to have the breakout season that he had this year. There was some concerns that he couldn't, and there's still some, that he couldn't really throw the ball from a drop-back pass game with anticipation. So do I think the story may have legs to it? Probably so, but do I think it's relevant today? Absolutely not. Yeah, and he got the information from Wilson's personal quarterback coach, Jake Heaps. So you feel like that's pretty legit that that's they were important. about. Yeah, that, that that that's where this source is yeah, coming I mean, from. Yeah, I mean, that personal quarterback coach, does he take responsibility for how he's played over the last two seasons? <laughs> I wonder if that works. Oh, no, poor guy. Um, the I don't know if I'd be, Stormy, I don't know if I'd be advertising that I was Russell Wilson's personal quarterback coach the last two years. I think I might take down that billboard. Ooh, shots fired, Michael. I love it. But, hey, if, if you're here at Howie Roseman, though, just goes to show sometimes the deals that you don't make and the deals that don't end up working out end up being the best thing for you because Jalen Hurts in a prove-it year oh, yeah. ends up going on to be second in MVP voting. For my money, he was the best player in the Super Bowl with what he was able to do out there on the field. And um, all of the questions that were asked about Jalen Hurts were answered. And at every stage of his career, what I love about Jalen Hurts, every stage of his career, whether it be from high school to college, college at the multiple stops that he had to have, then getting drafted into the NFL, he's consistently found ways to improve. And you have to imagine that the Eagles are pretty set up for success again this year with him. Yeah, I mean, he's got it now. He's got to continue to improve because I don't know if the Eagles are going to be able to outscore people the way they did last year in the second quarter. I think people are going to get a better handle on the six-back attack. That being said, they have so many good players. If they're healthy, they're going to be hard to stop. 
The Eagles plus 650, second on the odds board to win this year's Super Bowl, favorite in the NFC, plus 250, odds on favorite in the NFC East, minus 120, win total 11 and a half. Um, the Green Bay Packers had some interesting news coming out of their, their offseason workouts. Wide receiver Romeo Dobbs, second-year receiver, he says he believes Jordan Love can do the exact same thing as Aaron Rodgers. News or noise? I think this is somewhat news, right? Now, I'm not sure Romeo Dobbs is an expert on player evaluation or understanding uh, offensive schemes. I think he's got his hands full learning what to do with the Zex receiver in their offense. So I don't know if it's accurate, but I think to me what it tells me from afar, there is some sense of confidence of loves generating within the receiving room. Now, can he be Aaron Rodgers? No chance at the line of scrimmage. There's just no way. He's not experienced enough to do that. However, you know, can he orchestrate this offense and can he run it effectively? I think this is a positive sign from a player that 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 has the ball that needs to get the football. Now, I wouldn't expect anybody to say something negative. I mean, you and I both know Trey Lance is having probably the greatest offseason that any possible quarterback could have. I mean, we know this, right? He's buzzed light years away from anybody. I mean, really, after this offseason, Trey Lance is liable to take the train directly to Canton and get inducted based on what he's done this offseason. So, temper it with a grain of salt. However, that being said, I, I think this is a positive sign for Jordan Love that he's created some confidence without playing games. For sure. And I think in any case, when you are a team that's moving on from a Hall of Fame quarterback, the automatic assumption is that as a group, everybody's going to take a pretty significant step back. But we also have to remember that Aaron Rodgers is coming off one of the worst years of his career through his most interceptions mm -hmm. that he had in a really, really long time. So maybe if Jordan Love plays a little bit better than we anticipate, that'll be at or above what we saw Rodgers do last season. Let's go to Mac Jones, another uh, one of these. I, I think, hold on for a second, though, Stormy. I think to me, I, I keep saying this, I don't understand why, that the Chicago Bears are yeah. higher, have better odds to win the North than the Packers. The Packers are the better team. I'll keep saying that. Now, if Love bombs, right, I get it. And I'm not sure Love is going to bomb or be great. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of them. But I've seen a lot of Justin Fields, and I'm not sure about that either. Yeah, I agree with you in terms of the odds from that standpoint. They haven't shown us anything to this point yet. Uh, last one here. Mac Jones says he's going to do everything he can to re-earn the respect of everybody in the building in New England after that rough 2022 sophomore slump season. News or noise? I think this is news. I think, you know, first of all, for you to accept coaching, for you to accept criticism, for you to move forward after a bad year, you have to take responsibility. Now, this is important because sometimes guys tell the media this, but then they don't behave that way. So the first step is acknowledgement, which he did. Now, it's behavior the next step. He's got to behave in a way to where it backs up his words. I think that's critical. I really think this is critical. So look, I've said this before. You can give Matt Patricia all the hell you want for not being a great offensive coach. You know, the offensive line wasn't very good, but, but at the end of the day, Mac Jones didn't play good either. And at least today he's acknowledging that he has to earn the trust of his teammates back. Yeah. Not not an easy road by any means last season. I mean, this is his third year in the league, third offensive coordinator, and one of them, as you talk about Matt Patricia, was a defensive coordinator. So it's not exactly like you feel as a player set up for success, but he at least outwardly knows that 
He needs to check the attitude, take steps forward coming into this year. So we'll see if he does have the actions that match the words. We've got to take a quick break, but catching up with our guy Thomas Gable of the Borgata coming up next. Get behind the counter on all things NBA Finals and more. of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM rolls on Stormy Tony here live from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Our guy Michael Lombardi holding it down on the East Coast in Jersey and in just about 30 or so minutes, Mike Pritchard, VSIN host and NFL analyst here at the network will join us. Get to Pritch's points, Mike Pritchard, um, all the breakdown of some more NFL news and notes that are going on. And uh, we're going to kick off our two, Michael, with what has become appointment programming here on a Monday for the Lombardi line, (laughs) which players, coaches, and GMs need to hear the hard stuff. This is step into my office. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? I've got an appointment. And it's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk when you're stepping into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. I that is it. the debut. How good is that, Stormy? Oh, my gosh. I love it. Michael Lombardi, we'll see you now. I wish I had a voice like that. That's good. Yeah, me too. Ryan knows what he's doing. Wow. (laughs) Okay, well, let's do it. Well done, Elliot. Take a bow. Take a bow, producer Elliot Bowman. Getting it done. Getting us all the open. I think that I finally just bugged him enough that he was like, people, help me out. We need to get these going. But okay, let's get to it. Who needs some sage advice from Mr. Lombardi? We talked earlier in the show about Nuggets head coach Michael Malone's postgame comments regarding his team's Effort in Game 2 of the NBA Finals leads you to believe perhaps some players were reading the press clippings a little bit too much here. Talk around town of a a sweep was turning heads. Did they underestimate just who they were playing in the Miami Heat? So what should Malone's message to the team when he gets in that locker room be? He's in the office. What what, what are you telling him? Well, I think Michael Malone kind of already addressed this, but Ultimately, what he must do is convince his team that the opponent isn't the Miami Heat. The opponent are the Denver Nuggets. And we have a standard. And if we don't play to the standard, we're not going to beat anybody. The standard is the standard. The level of acceptance is the level of acceptance. Winning, losing are irrelevant. The work, the ability to do the work at our standard level is all that matters. And if we don't realize that, if we don't set that, and this is a lesson beyond sports. This is a lesson that transcends itself into life. There is a standard of excellence that you must achieve to on a daily basis, whether you're an NBA star or whether you're working at the at, at a point diner here in New Jersey. you got a level of acceptance that has to be met every single day. And when you don't meet that, bad things happen. And so it's really not about the Miami Heat. They can get all the credit they want. They deserve it. It's wonderful. It's great. But we didn't play or reach our level. And if we don't do that, we won't win a title. And this is one of those moments in sports where you have an opportunity to control yourself, control your destiny. 
You're you're playing against a, a team that you're more talented than, but they have a big heart. If you don't match their heart, you're not going to match them in the win column. That was exactly my thought process, Michael, was that you're the more talented team. You have the best player in the world right now that's on the court with you night in and night out. You need to play with the type of heart and grit that the Miami Heat are bringing out there because if you combine those things together, you're going to be unstoppable. So great messaging, I think, for for our guy, Michael Malone. Game three coming up Wednesday. The series shifts from Denver to South Beach in Miami. Denver, two-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Keeping it in the NBA, Michael. While speaking with the media ahead of the NBA Finals, League Commissioner Adam Silver gave a kind of unusual update with regards to John Morant, the the Grizzlies star, and a potential suspension that he would not announce while they had an investigation ongoing. They know what they're going to do. They weren't going to announce it until after the NBA Finals so that we give the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets their due. Although that just leaves us all wondering, like, what the heck are you going to do? And now we're wondering about it when we shouldn't be. Um, But... I don't think anybody needs a visit to the office more than this guy after what we've seen him him do. Ja obviously was flashing the handgun on Instagram Live earlier this postseason, um, earlier this season, had to have a suspension for it, said he learned from his mistakes, went to get treatment to overcome the issues that he was having managing stress, and then he goes and does this again on, on an Instagram post on his friend's account. What are the steps he needs um, to redeem his image and, and, and gain his team's trust again, too, Michael? Well, most importantly for Jay Morant, he's got to decide who he wants to become. Uh, how important is playing basketball? Let's take the role model out of it. Let's take that. You know, if you don't want to be a role model, if you don't want to be somebody in a young man's life who aspires to achieve what you've been able to achieve, that's fine. That's on you. It's wrong, but that's fine. That's on you. But if you have any love of basketball, there's rules that you're going to have to comply to. There is an expectation of a level that you have to rise yourself to. And if you don't want to do that, if you want to act immature and continue to behave in this manner, I think to me, you're going to pay the price for it. It's going to pay your career and you're going to sit there, you know, 20 years from now and regret what happened. You know, I would sit. I would call Allen Iverson if I were you, Jay Morant, and I would have a conversation with Allen Iverson. And Allen Iverson in a documentary about one last chip, just close enough, where he talks about his relationship with Larry Brown, and he wishes that he would have listened to the coach, that he regrets not embracing that. He regrets not taking the information in. He regrets not being more of the player Brown tried to get him to become. And he wasted his years. And now as he sits there looking back over his career, he's in the Hall of Fame. That's great. Talented player. But he doesn't have that that ability to not regret. And you're going to spend most of your life regretting your decisions if you don't change who you are. It may be stress-related. I don't know. You went to rehab. That didn't work. So we're going to have to figure out what's the root cause of your problem because you obviously don't love basketball enough to commit yourself to something bigger than yourself. And if you are an organization that's trying to take positive steps to having postseason success and your star isn't available, I mean, the best ability is availability. It's a cliche for a reason because it's true. And if you're not out there on the court making your team better, that's a problem. Um, Also, I didn't like that he used like a chat GPT apology. Did you... Did you see that? Use AI help for his apology. Uh, I mean, that's I mean, that's where you you know part of part of how you engage people, 
how you get people to follow you is through genuineness. When you go to AI for an apology, that's not your genuine conversation. That's somebody else's conversation. You need to be genuine, heartfelt. You know, and and I think that is so critical that, you know, you're just when you do AI, you're going through the motions. Mm -hmm. It's not coming from where it needs to come from. And I frankly think the NBA is wrong. I think the NBA delaying this decision is really wrong. The NBA should be proactive. I mean, this is going to be in the news cycle. It's not going to detract from anybody, Mm -hmm. but they should send a clear message to everybody in the NBA that they won't tolerate this and they shouldn't wait a moment to do it. It has nothing to do with the the cycle, the timing and all that. It's ridiculous. It's like what Phil Jackson said when he was talking to Rick Rubin, you know, you talk about player safety, then you put those emblems on the court, you know, that that promote the finals and guys last night, they were slipping on them. Well, I mean, let's do what's the most important thing. And I thought it was odd of Adam Silver to begin with. Like, he could have put that to bed. Like, instead, he said, we have done an investigation. We found out additional information. We're just not going to tell you that yet. Like, that's the news now. Um, but anything, any suspension yeah, well, longer than 25 or 30 games, by the way, would be precedent setting for a player who has not been charged um, with a crime. So we'll see ultimately what that number ends up being. When, when it comes out. Okay, we got we got another one here to get to, Michael. The Cleveland Browns are now a frontrunner, it seems, to land DeAndre Hopkins in free agency after his former teammate in Houston, quarterback Deshaun Watson, made comments about how much he would like to reunite with D-Hop. Um, the Browns have moved to even money now at DraftKings to be Hopkins' next team. They opened as long as 30-1, to 1, but... Watson even said, hey, all I can do is make a call to the powers that be and see what they can do. So if Andrew Barry is there in the office in a prove-it year for Watson, should Barry do what it takes to get Hopkins for his quarterback? What are you telling Barry? Well, I think Andrew Barry's got to make his quarterback better. And I think certainly the Hopkins and the relationship and their continuity that they developed down in Houston would make them better. But how would that impact our team? How would that impact our our locker room? I think you've got to address that question, Andrew, because one of the things I think that keeps the Cleveland Browns from taking that step forward is uh, is the idea that you're collecting talent, not building a team. Does your team have enough mental toughness? Does your team have enough grit? Do they have enough of the will to win, to compete, to string together a lot of tough games? We lost a lot of close games last year. And partly because we don't have a lot of mental toughness. And I think that's the bigger issue. And if you don't feel Hopkins can give you that, then you shouldn't sign Hopkins just to make the fans happy. Because the collection of talent that has been good enough in Cleveland, the idea of developing the team has not been good enough. Because you're not winning close games. Your team is too analytical and not talented enough in terms of mental and physical toughness. Do those odds seem right to you that it's fallen all the way to even money after those comments? Yeah, I think because of the salary cap. I think the the comments certainly they the Browns do have cap room and I and I believe it's going to take some money. But when you welcome Hopkins in to the fans sitting at home, that's great. You know, they see this player. How are you managing him and how much will it take to manage him? What is going to be the outlay and then what is going to be the reward? No one talks about that that's not in the league. You know, it's hard to run a team when one guy won't practice. If there is a 
top three list of teams that I am absolutely most intrigued about going into next season just because of all of the question marks slash potential. The Browns are certainly going to be very, very high on that list. Um, if, if Deshaun Watson is any semblance of the quarterback that he's been in the past um, and is able to learn from the stepping stones he took last year where he was he was bad. I think that the Browns could be really, really special, especially if you have safety net wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins. We got to take a break, but get back to what I teased a little bit earlier. Some of these second, third year head coaches and their staff. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 